Are you passionate about health and nutrition? Then check out the Nutrition Academy. They offer the most comprehensive, innovative, and transparent health and nutrition educational resource on the planet. They strive to separate health misinformation from reality. They give their students the resources and skill sets to think critically about what they read and learn. So you can use the power of research to make better decisions for yourself, your family, and the people you serve. The Nutrition Academy have kindly offered all listeners a discount for this course. So you are able to try it out for yourself with a saving of $50. Just use the code TNN50 at thenutrition.academy or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning into today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 272 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by Katie Pettuccini from Holistic Endurance to explore what you can do now that your upcoming races have been cancelled. We explore outcome versus process-oriented goals and teach you how to redirect your focus away from an outcome-focused goal such as a race. We discuss the importance of reprioritizing your time to focus on a new goal specific to you, such as fat adaptation, hormonal balancing, strength training, yoga, mindset training, training-specific tracking measures, and so much more. Hi, Katie, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Steph. It's been a while, but I'm stoked to be back. It has been a while. Tell us what you've been up to, Mama Bear. Well, I cooked a human and brought a human into the world. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) How exciting. Yeah, so little Bodie is eight weeks old now, so I'm on maternity leave, uh, but with everything happening in the world at the moment, I just felt compelled to have a conversation because I feel like uh, this could be really valuable for, for athletes out there. Yeah, I, I loved the idea and was so open to sneaking you in, in your mat leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been a lot of changes. So um, let's hope we can get my brain to work. <laughs> we forgive you if you forget the English language on occasion, because that's been my reality for the last 12 months. <laughs> so I can totally relate. Yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> so yeah, tell us, like if we could set the scene, 
Um, yeah, your message to me was, yeah, talking around um, like, I guess, how to shift our goals during this time. But I'll hand it over to you. Like, yeah, obviously with um, COVID-19, there's been lots of races cancelled and, and lots of athletes' worlds look really different. Yeah, and I think before we get into that conversation, it's really important to pay respect to the fact that races being cancelled is such a um, a small issue on the scale of things happening mm-hmm. for people's worlds right now um, between, you know, financial stresses, job losses, job changes, um, home changes, illness, so many things going on um, that it can seem insensitive to uh worry about the fact that your race has been cancelled however there's another side to it in that uh i understand and respect and many people do the fact that a race and training is uh really important to mental health for so many people uh, as well as physical health it's what keeps them going and often and everyone's different but a large portion of people are driven by the end result and uh the struggle with motivation when there isn't an event locked in. You know, that's what drives them. Whereas other people just like training and live and breathe training. And so whether there's a race on the calendar or not doesn't phase them. So I find people fall into either camp. So this is really directed at those who feel quite lost without an event or a distinct goal to work towards in the immediate future. Um, and knowing that while there's a lot of things happening in people's worlds that are uncontrollable right now, uh, that training aspect and goals is something within people's control that I think will be really healthy for them to uh, focus on. And while there remains a lot of unknown in, in the world. Yeah, you're right. Like we speak to a lot of people, but both you and I would speak to a lot of athletes whose, you know, lives are lined up towards an event and the next event and the next event. So the having their race cancelled could have quite a huge impact. But as you say, it's out of your control. So yeah, I think it's about reframing things and, um, you know, your, your language, but, um, you'd certainly call that more of an outcome driven goal. And obviously there's, you know, we don't know, you can't just pick a race in two weeks time. You might not even be able to pick a a race in six months time. Like we don't know what's happening. It's a day by day progression at the moment. So yeah. Like what can we do as an athlete whose race has been canceled? Yeah. So with races being that outcome, driven goal now is a really great opportunity to practice process orientated goals uh, which I'll define and go into a bit more but uh, what I find is when it comes to racing we as a collective and I'm making um, assumptions and I'm making generalizations but the typical A-type athlete is very focused on the end result, whether that's their ranking in a race or the time, just the overall time. And their success or failure lives and breathes just on that time or that placing and there's not much else that goes into it, which uh, holistically 
for some an athlete's longevity and mental health is not an effective strategy. So irrespective of everything going on in the world, this is a really great skill to have ongoing and behind you. So when you go into a race, your the only goal isn't the time. So for example, if we're looking at a race and process orientated goals might be for the swim how what percentage of time did you spend sitting on someone's feet to efficiently draft through the race and conserve energy or how effectively did you cite and giving yourself a ranking um, out of 10 with your citing skills and frequency and did you stay on course and swim the right distance Uh, or it might be how did your technique feel and were you mindful there's so many elements that you can focus on from a process point of view that I think athletes forget and so where the opportunity lies let's say the outcome goal isn't exactly what you want whether that was because of a flat tire a penalty um, dropping nutrition you know so many things can go wrong on race day that way your I guess athletic worth doesn't tie into just that time you can break it down and go well I also had these other goals um, outside of those things that went wrong how many of those did I tick off and so it can leave you with a much more positive experience from a race point of view now um, I mentioned that even though we don't have races um, right now on the calendar but you can translate that into a training environment as well to have process goals rather than outcome-based goals And that can be a really healthy way to keep focused and motivated at the moment while also keeping perspective and see it as a way to mentally train and build habits towards process-orientated goals if you're not already orientated that way. Yeah, I think that there's no time like the present to practice that because that skill will then help you when you do have the next race, like you say, because on race day, many people will like totally spiral into an absolute pit of, you know, just despair if their only goal was to do a four-hour half or whatever it might be. Mm. You know, we need to have more than that because the race is just like the cherry on top. Like really the bulk of what we do is train and prepare. And I think certainly from a, you know, a rewarding, almost like happiness element, I think it's so important that we've got some other goals, like you said, that we can tick off and acknowledge that that we did achieve that or or that we can improve that in training. Yep, 100% with you. And I think, I mean, I learned this all the hard way, that's for sure. That's why I'm preaching it. Mm. (laughs) I lived it, breathed it, did it the wrong way for a long time and put undue pressure on myself and didn't give myself enough credit for um, the successes along the way and I think that's uh, an opportunity missed uh, that I think people can gain back and so in terms of first steps from here I feel like athletes need to choose an alternate outcome goal and then focus on their process goals Mm -hmm. and so without a race or an event and all that uncertainty what we can do is select an outcome-based goal that might be in, say, 12 weeks because we should have some clarity by then. And I say should because who knows? Yes. 
Um, and, and maybe you make it six months, uh, whatever's going to work for you, or you could set both. And that outcome goal could be something like becoming fat adapted. Mm-hmm. It might be hormone balance. So if you're a female athlete and you've been struggling with symptoms of hormone imbalance uh, or regular cycles, loss of cycle, and it's been something that you've shelved, and this could be the perfect, not this could be, it is the perfect time to address those imbalances. Uh, and guys, you're not immune to uh, hormone imbalance issues either. So if there's been a loss in libido or reduced libido, um, struggling to gain muscle mass, fatigue, gut issues, all those sorts of things, now is the prime opportunity to address all of that while still training with modifications. So fat adaptation might be a great outcome goal and that can be measured in a bunch of different ways. Um, Another outcome goal might be setting a certain time trial pace or power output with a threshold test Um, and so it's in training metrics or many clubs and coaches are running virtual events. So you could um, set one up yourself or like a race simulation that you're going to set yourself to do in in 12 weeks and again you can practice process orientated goals with that Um, it might be an outcome goal might be strength training related so if you already strength train it could be that you want to be able to lift a certain weight in 12 weeks um, or that you have consistently gone um, started strength training and the outcome goal is you're feeling robust, for example. They're, you know, they're just ideas to get people thinking, but I feel like strength, mobility and fat adaptation and nutrition are probably the key ones in terms of outcomes that we can focus on at the moment. And then another one would probably be mindset. So often people use a lack of time or brain space as a reason to not address key issues or not try meditation or not start some sports psychology techniques. And right now is the prime opportunity for that. We have a lot more time. Most of us are working from home, so travel time's taken out. There's your opportunity to start a meditation or mindfulness practice or journaling. Um, you know, the the floor is yours in terms of what you choose as an outcome. And then from there, we can work out what your process-orientated goals look like. Um, and what you want to do is choose process-orientated goals for you each week, but also for each session. And that will depend on your purpose. So let's say I've got an aerobic run that I'm going to do, um, keeping more than two metres away from everyone on the running track. (laughs) Your process goals might be uh, focused on belly breathing. Am I able to inhale through my nose and exhale through my mouth and expand my diaphragm and my belly? And that's the the focus of the day and how long throughout that say 30 minute aerobic run are you able to maintain that focus and belly breath that's a process goal it might be technique related um where your arm swing your where your foot strikes uh again belly breathing is part of technique it could be 
mindset were you able to stay mindful and in the present moment as a process goal throughout that session Um, you could focus on a process goal of hydration or fueling and because that doesn't necessarily come naturally to everyone either it might sound quote-unquote simple but that is a process goal did you stick to the plan did you have a plan to start with? <laughs> um, so find your purpose and then set your process goals and really be intentional with them. So write them down or put them in training peaks and report back on and how you went with that. So if you're self-coached, that's going to take a bit more discipline. But if you've got a coach, have this conversation with them. Um, and if you want guidance, that's what they're there for speak to a coach about how to define your process-orientated goals, um, working back from some outcome-based goals. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we do all have a lot more time for whatever reason, depending on everyone's circumstances. But like triathletes in particular are notorious of being a little more time poor because they're trying to achieve those two disciplines. Most people aren't going to be swimming at the moment. I've seen that, you know, swim squads are off and, so on and so forth. So freeing that time up is more time that you can start to write that list. Like you've just given us a dozen ideas, if not more, around what you could choose as one goal for your session of the day. And it will obviously depend on what you're doing. But there's so many ideas there because, you know, as you were saying around strength training as an example, like I was guilty of it. I found it really hard to fit strength training in as well as a swim bike run back when I was Mm -hmm. racing. And I know I'm not alone there. I speak to so many athletes that acknowledge the benefits, but just haven't been able to find the space. So you're obviously not going to be training for a race right now, unless you've picked a virtual race. So that changes your whole, you know, periodization. And so you're going to have time to be introducing something new, which you wouldn't be doing if you were about to race like those that yeah absolutely schedule cancelled yeah and before you know people it's natural to come up with barriers to change um and so when people think about strength training obviously they think about a gym right now all the gyms are closed and i'm really feeling for all my friends in in that industry me too it's just gut-wrenching um but there is so much you can do with just a strength band, like one really strong band. You can do a whole workout, let alone having another type of band. So there's, there is simplicity where you can get results um, or you can jump on, you know, marketplace or um, order online some gym equipment. So strength for endurance, have a, a kit you can buy, Rebel Sport, have swim bands and, you know, TRX style things that you can get mounted at home. There are so many options and all those um, personal trainers and, and gym facilitators that are struggling at the moment, most of them are launching into online sessions so it's not a barrier you can still engage with them and utilize them from home and virtually and there's a lot you can set up and order equipment from home so it's definitely not out of the question and it is the number one thing that I feel builds a robust athlete and prevents injury like how much would it suck if you've waited this time in isolation through this pandemic and you've uh, twiddled your fingers, stayed fit and healthy, uh, waiting for 
of an event. So we get released, you enter that event, you jump into training, full throttle, and you get injured. Mm. And then you are, there you are waiting again. Now is the perfect opportunity to set yourself up for the best season ever. So build a strong immunity, build a strong aerobic base, uh, develop mobility, maintain mobility, build strength and power. It's and like giving up your technique. And uh, sorry, the last one was um, modifying and enhancing technique. Yeah, I love it. It's just giving us space. Like I know that some people are struggling and I'm suffering from like a constant mild anxiety just thinking of everyone that is um, – Mm-hmm. suffering so much but I don't know about you but I've been craving space and I know a lot of people um, will eventually be able to see that if they can't right now so apologize if you feel like punching me in the face right now if your situation <laughs> is quite dire but the space is there for you to for you to use so you know the hormonal balancing one is so important that you mentioned earlier and it's got me thinking a lot about math like how many people you know try to do math end up adding mm-hmm. in the number of beats per minute or completely giving up because they're having to walk backwards and get really frustrated especially in the first eight weeks of completely revolutionizing how you normally train and how you view progress right because if you're if you're have if you've been totally outcome focused and so many people want to tell you how fast they are like how many minute k's they run like i'm like no no no, i don't mind i don't don't mind about that (laughs) what's your heart rate you know (laughs) what's your heart rate and they can't understand that concept so learning that like using the space to really understand what you're trying to do to redefine that as an as a process goal I love that idea because then you won't be attached to how slow or how fast you're going but you've got time to commit to understanding what math is and and how that's going to benefit you over the medium to long term yeah absolutely and with that extra time that we speak of on that space you can go back and listen to podcasts that you and I have recorded what we do podcasts you've recorded with Phil Maffetone to learn and explore about these foundations if you're unfamiliar with them. Um, And if you are familiar and just need that kick out the butt, well, here it is. Off you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, the math training, is it's a perfect opportunity or aerobic uh, base is uh, now the prime opportunity, not only for the next season, but it's really what everyone should be doing at a time where we're all vulnerable um, to immunity disruptors. Mm. So the zone two training or math training is crucial for um, managing your immunity. And so I would be recommending that anyway, regardless of whether someone has a strong math or a, a, a quote unquote weak math um, now is the time to be focusing on that regardless. Yeah. What a, what a great, you know, process focus goal. Like obviously there's that, there's the huge element that's going to finally teach you that you don't need to do high intensity training in excess. And then of mm. course the flow on effect is, yeah, stopping the immune suppression or the constant injuries or the hormonal imbalances, amenorrhea, gut issues, whatever it might be that, you probably haven't yet seen is being perpetuated by the style of training that you, that you're still, you know, trying to commit to and just acknowledging that that that's not how you're going to achieve goals. And it's unfortunately going to nearly always like 
destroy your health in some way, shape or form. So let's not learn the hard way. Let's acknowledge how to train smarter, not harder. And um, Hmm. yeah, like one of the best. I, I like the technique goals. I think they're all incredible, but as a sort of a foundation for a lot of athletes, hopefully this does create the space for them to almost just assess what they've been doing and, and have the time to look at what isn't serving them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope that's one of the positive outcomes of this time. And on that track, an outcome-based goal can be someone's math pace in 12 weeks. Yeah. So if you, let's say you jump out uh, side today, go do a math test. And if you're not familiar, quick Google will answer what that is um, or jump onto a previous podcast episode for a full explanation. Let's say you jump out and that's at six minutes 30 per kilometre as it stands. The goal in 12 weeks might be that it's at five minutes 30 per kilometre. And so what that translates to in a race, say another 12 weeks later is if it's an Ironman, your race pace is going to be sitting around, if it doesn't progress, which it will, um, 5.30 per kilometre or 5.15 and or lower. And when you start a build with that base, one, you have flexibility for disruption, so life getting in the way, um, getting sick, getting injured. There's space for things to go wrong in a build when you've got an excellent base so definitely cannot stress that enough um and on the word stress it makes me think of another thing is stress management um is often put to the bottom of the list in terms of priorities and finally dealing with um issues because we're quote unquote too busy and so now can be the time to go inward and sort through those concerns uh, whether they're day-to-day concerns that uh, challenge your training or their race day concerns where you might get in your own way from a mindset point of view and that stress management and sports psychology technique stuff is um, it, it it's not a quick fix it takes work and you need space for that and what do we have right now we have space I know and I think almost everyone's guilty like I mean look <laughs> I've said this before, but the, the amount of literature and randomized controlled trials and incredible science that we've got around the benefits of meditation and mindfulness for immunity, general health, mm-hmm. late performance, longevity, whatever it is, yet so many of us are resistant to finding space yeah. for that ritual. And I think if you've got any goal right now, like that's a big one to put up in the, you know, the top three because all of us are going to have some sort of stress if we haven't already from this pandemic, even if it is just being empaths for others, like having a way to manage that is critical because we can't change a lot of what's happening, Mm -hmm. but we can control our internal environment. And then there's skills that will help you on race day. Like Katie, you and I both learn the hard way. Like I often think about, um, God, it'll test my memory to remember what race it was. Mm. I think it was Sunshine Coast. It would have been like five or six years ago, and like I I was having a, was having a bit of a shitty time. But on the in the day, I was like, you know, really thanking everyone and thanking the um, 
you know, the volunteers and just enjoying that whole experience. And the process. It, yeah, the process. Like it was so different for me when I finished, whereas I've had races where like I was in such a funk all day, and the shittest mood, and then I finished the race and I was like really annoyed at myself that I let that spiral. And it changes the whole experience. It changes uh, turn something you know that we're doing for fun into <laughs> something really negative for yes. six hours or whatever so you know these skills that we can learn now is um is is going to be so so transformational when it comes to the shit that can happen on race day and the challenges that we're often faced with and it's important to recognize that that mood that you speak of um is the the your race result and time is irrelevant. Mm. It's your attitude throughout the race that's relevant and whether you show up with gratitude and you're mindful and present and can give yourself credit for those process goals that you did tick off even if the outcome didn't land in your favour. I know, and I cannot remember anything about that race. I could not tell you my time. I could not tell you, like, the, the memories are so vague now, but I remember having a bloody good time and that's my memory from that event. I think that's pretty cool rather than it being that I did, I don't know, whatever, whatever time, like it becomes irrelevant. Yeah, that's really cool. And on the flip side, I remember one of my, say, Shepherd and Half Ironmans was after a period of rebalancing from hormone imbalance and adrenal uh, dysfunction and I was so focused on beating my previous time. I don't remember any of the race other than the fact that I crossed the line eight minutes slower than my prior time. And that's quite sad really because what that doesn't pay respect to is the immense progress that I did make throughout that year but also doesn't give credit to the weather on the day and all those other Oh, so many variables. Yeah, exactly should be focused on anyway we shouldn't compare year to year on the same course um do so yeah just a reminder we shouldn't be doing that Mm. (laughs) we need to focus on right here right now and a result is relevant to your recent training build did you show up on the day and express your athletic potential based on the training that you committed to in that recent build and so while it's difficult at the moment, it, you can utilise mindfulness mindset techniques to visualise that race, that first race that does come about in the next season, whenever that may be, when they start um, confirming dates. But I love this like idea of virtual race. October. Yeah, there's a few of those happening, yeah. which is pretty cool. So I'm... I usually poo-poo Strava because of um, the ego <laughs> the ego and the competitive nature and it's not mindful and it's not present and whatever, but it is providing a fantastic platform for virtual racing. Um, so the one thing that comes to mind is those that have obviously periodized their training quite strategically to peak now or to peak yeah. in four weeks' time. Like you can't just pick that up and move it to a month because the whole like the whole background, the whole training program has created that peak at the right time. So have you got any advice around how we would navigate that? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so <sighs> there lies a, a small danger, I guess, mm. in the fear of letting go of, of that 
that peak. Yeah. 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 So some things you could do because there aren't races, so it's completely out of control. One, set up a virtual race with uh, mates around the world. Um, Obviously the terrain might be different and whatnot, but you can um, still stay inward um, in terms of your own results and not compare to each other, but just have that accountability with each other as opposed to competition with each other. So you could set up a, a race simulation day if you can't find a virtual race that suits you or find a virtual race uh, to utilise that fitness for. Alternatively, if that doesn't work for you and your head's just not in it, um, what I would do or recommend is some time trials. So do a functional threshold test on the bike, whether you've got power or heart rate, and do a time trial running. Uh, choose a distance that's relevant to the races that you are aiming for in the coming season or the race you were about to do. And swimming-wise, this probably will only apply to, say, Queenslanders that can get in the ocean where it's warm enough. Yeah. Um, and if safe to do so, I think everyone's on the fence about that. So um, you could do a swim time trial if applicable, otherwise just omit that. But, yeah, give yourself some numbers to reflect your training and peak performance so you're not just letting all that hard work go and it gives you a benchmark to what to work towards because what the danger would be trying to hang on to that Mm. and extending your season, it will end in um, hormonal disruption, uh, fatigue, burnout, injury and more problems down the track. So try and find an opportunity to utilise that peak performance and then rest and recover much like you would after a, a significant race and go back to focusing on the basics. Like I, I agree. Uh, I think base training would have to then restart. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Mm. And, yeah, because we're looking, it looks like most are rescheduling to October. That's a long time. There's no way you could be peaking from March till October. Like, please don't try. Like, you have to, you have to use common sense to acknowledge that you got to this peak from the 12, 16, 20 weeks, God knows how long you've been training for, but being smart about it and, yeah, changing what your focus is. I love the idea of time trials and things like that because you've still got some numbers if that really motivates you. Like, we know it does a lot of athletes. Yeah, and the other thing I would do is is pay respect and take some time to reflect on your successes throughout this build so it doesn't feel like you, and I know athletes will be thinking like this, they'll be going, what a waste of my time, what a waste all that training was, and it doesn't have to be. Reflect on the lessons from that training build. What did you learn and what do you want to carry on to the next build and what did you feel didn't serve you that you should let go of in your next build, don't let this time be wasted. You take the positives from it and let the the lessons be lessons uh, rather than just getting in a funk of I wasted all that time training for nothing. Mm, I can imagine that would be running through a lot of people's mind. It would be really challenging. But, again, like and control I, the controllables. Yeah, and on that, I um, I know we're focusing a lot on you know, shifting mindset and being positive and uh, getting people out of a funk, I want to say that it's okay to have time to wallow as well. Mm. So if you feel shit, own it. That's fine. Um, Really 
try not to disregard your emotions. You're allowed to feel disappointed. You're allowed to feel frustrated. Your emotions are valid completely. Uh, it's just that we don't want that to become uh, a negative experience where it impacts your mood and emotions and life. Have your moment, refocus, regroup, move on. But I, yeah, you don't have to completely disregard those emotions. You're allowed to feel uh, whatever you're feeling. Yeah, really good point. But also, like we said at the start, just having some perspective. It's, it's just a race. There'll be another one. And hopefully October is where things are at, just taking it day by day. And, yeah, I think it's going to start with a list of those process-orientated goals, like such a great um, you know, project for you to think about what you want to achieve in your training sessions to come. Yeah, and I'd love to hear what people come up with. So if you want that accountability, reach out to either of us or both of us on social media. I'd love to hear what you come up with. Mm, so cool. Let's let's create a little bit of a global list. <laughs> yes. I know my I'm coming back from um, you know, postpartum training. So I was, and I've been so excited to start swimming again. I can only imagine. Even though I, <laughs> yeah, even though I, am uh, all through pregnancy, it still feels like a, a long time since mm. I haven't been allowed to swim. And then the week I was allowed to swim, pools closed. So that oh, yeah. yeah. So I get it. Um, but I am focusing on what I can do. So as some examples, I'm doing a home program in the gym that is strength-based for swimming. Uh, So don't neglect the swimming. There is a lot you can do in the gym. And then I'm focusing on strength and stability on the bike as a foundational layer. And my outcome goal will be um, a power output in 12 weeks' time based on trying to gain from where I am now. So I'll do a, a a base time trial and compare to and retest that every four weeks to keep me on track. And then in another four to six weeks, I'll start running and my outcome goal will be based around math. So I'll start with a math test and then um, retest that every four weeks as well as we stay on track. Yeah, I love that. If you're comfortable, it'd be really interesting to like to share a little bit of that because I think a lot, you're, mm-hmm. you're so great with goals and, um, like I think consistent, you know, you do the test, whereas I think a lot of athletes, they sort of almost probably don't do that often enough to have different yeah, parameters point. of tracking their their performance because we're so used to using a race's success. So building that in, like hopefully their coaches are doing that for them, but certainly self-coached athletes, like, yeah, structure things like that, like, you know, Caddy has just shared because then especially while it is till October, You've, you've got that motivation every four weeks. Like I love that as feeding compliance to the work and to the foundations that you're setting. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, yeah, maybe one of your metrics is to put it into your calendar every four weeks to remind you to, to retest and remeasure if that's not something that comes naturally to you or goal setting isn't natural mm. for you. Um, I thought of something else while you were talking that people could do and lost it. Mm. Must have gone into the breast milk somewhere. The math test. You've done so well. You've done so well. Math test, (laughs) math running. (laughs) That I've lost it. Sharing your journey online. (laughs) Yes, I will do that. (laughs) 
all my gosh, no, it's gone. It's okay. If you think of it, you can let me know. But um, I'll pop some of the resources that we've spoken about in the show notes because I'm sure there's a few things that um, people, our athletes want to start with, even if it is, um, I think you mentioned it was strength for endurance for the kit that you can buy to do some training at, training at home. I love that idea because strength training has to happen, guys. <laughs> it does. Mm. Crucial. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, really big fan. And then obviously reach out to Steph and the crew for fat adaptation resources or to boost immunity and get on track. I think there can be some amazing positives that come out of this time. I think people have a, a greater appreciation for real food and cooking and I think it will heighten awareness around gut health and appreciation for that. And the key is that we don't let go of all these lessons and these learnings of slowing down and creating space. Um, if we can carry on all the positives that come from this time and integrate them into our world when we're allowed to go back into the world rather than just forgetting them, I think that's the key. Yeah, I agree. Like using the space wisely, but really cementing the routines and rituals so they stay with you forever. I love that. Oh, I can't believe we didn't mention this. We have to finish on this mm. note. Um, yoga. A lot of athletes struggle to fit yoga into their uh, training environment. Now's a great time. A lot of studios are streaming yoga online. Mm-hmm. So you can just do it at home. doesn't require anything other than carpet or a mat and an amazing way to tick the box of mindfulness, mindset and mobility and flexibility uh, into your training. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's like I almost forget because it's such a part of my like DNA now and I need to remind mm-hmm. other people to do yoga when like yeah, I can't live without it. It's like it, I can hand on heart say almost every day. That's how I start my day and I just love it as a ritual. Um, and I think rituals are so important, especially for those that are working from home or have had their whole lives turned upside down. Like you need your anchors in the day. And I think certainly bookending your day, like starting the day with something, finishing the day with something like a gratitude journal is like, you know, part of this whole process, part of the rituals that are going to help you for your performance goals when you do start to race again. Yes, and I remembered what I was going to say. Yay! Yay. I would have been (laughs) shattered if we didn't talk about this. Um, Set up an environment that you're excited to go into Mm. in in your house, in garage, backyard, and that might be. yeah, I mean, it could look so many different ways for many people. For some, they need it really clean and neat. For others, it doesn't matter. It can be messy. Do what works for you, but it needs to be a space that you're really inclined to go into because we don't know how long this period is going to last for mm. um, just to facilitate that motivation and eagerness. And uh, like you mentioned, anchors. So having a good playlist or podcast to get you through and push through those those sessions solo if you're someone that has really relied on group camaraderie in sessions this can be a massive challenge um and you might want to say hang up your race medals in that training environment or your race bibs as memories of uh achievements so you can that to anchor you and um, trigger that visualization of the race moving forward uh, you could print off a vision board and have that in your training environment or create a, a vision board in um, like an actual one, not a digital one mm. is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> a 
Hello English language. No, um, I love something it. I do as a data nerd is I'll do a best bike split um, prediction based on my functional threshold power, and I'll plug that into training paints and I print off the image of that goal and it's really a simulation of what I think I can achieve. And I just, I hone in on that and I just focus on those numbers because I'm a numbers person. And that's what, what works for me. Other people, it might be imagery. So you, let's say, you know, you want to race a certain course, look up some images and print off um, pictures of that course that you want to um, see in however many months time. Mm, yeah. I love it. So setting up that training environment and those anchors to, to keep you going. Yeah, so much great advice. So good to have you back on the show. Hopefully we can have um, a few more regular apps with you coming up because I'm sure you've got so much more to share and we look forward to following your journey. I know you're doing some posting over on Instagram um, and I'm sure we'll hear about when you're um, back from Mat Leave. Yes, indeed. Not too much longer now, so you'll hear more from me soon. Awesome. Well, enjoy the time that you do have. such a beautiful time in our lives and we look forward to having you back on the show very soon. Thank you. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation, even if it was a little bit all over the joint based on how my brain is. So thanks for bearing with me. No, our <laughs> listeners obviously have time. They've got 270 <laughs> recipe, uh, recipes, episodes to listen to and I'm sure they can take the time to um, make a list of, of what they've learned today and um, start to work their way through that. So thanks again. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.